0: First, a little story. It's about little Benji. Little Benji was a little slow. Matter of fact, most people would say that Benji was just plain dumb. Some of the boys used to play a trick on Benji. They would pull out a nickel and a dime, and they would show them to him. And because, in their minds, he was slow, he would always say. They would always say. Pick one, Benji. Pick one of these coins. And he always picked the nickel. One day there was a young lady who had actually heard about this thing that the boys would do with Benji, and she decided she wanted to see if he was really as dumb as everyone was saying that he was. So she went into her purse, and she pulled out a nickel and a dime, and she offered them to him. So Benji picked up the nickel and said, the, big, the nickel is bigger and shinier which I think is really neat, so I'll take the nickel. So the lady said, young man, do you not know that a dime is worth more than a nickel? Benji said, well, of course I know that. So she said, then, then why do you always choose the nickel? Benji said, if I ever choose the dime, they'll stop giving me nickels. Nickels and dimes. See, many people walking down the sidewalk wouldn't even bother to reach down to pick up a nickel or a dime, or for that matter, a penny, which I can attest to. We pick up pennies all the time. There are a couple of reasons. These pennies that we find on the sidewalk sometimes support my coffee habit. And very well, I might add, because they do add up. But they would be making a mistake if they don't do that. There was one businessman who was written about that he was very wealthy, and he was going in to interview a prospective um, employee. And as they're walking in together to the building, he stops and picks up a penny. So she saw that, and she thought, that was kind of odd. So they go through the interview process and everything. At the end of their interview, he says, do you have any questions for me? He said, well, she said, yes, I do. I noticed when we were coming into the building, you stopped to pick up a penny. A person of your your wealth, obviously, that penny didn't mean anything. He said, did you ever stop and look at what's written on a penny very really closely? He says, it's in God we trust. He said, and I can't just leave a statement like that laying on the sidewalk for people to trample over. So that's why I pick it up. Speaking of pennies and nickels and dimes, back in June of 2012, a man named George Shoemaker from Herndon, Virginia, walked into his credit union with all the coins he's been collecting for 22 years. Shoemaker said this, I decided back around 1990 to start saving my loose change. I work at a grocery store as a meat cutter and had access to those old barrel style pickle jars to save my change in. Today, I had more than 20 of those big pickle jars full of pennies and other coins. After 20 years of collecting pocket change, George Shoemaker, who was a member of the Northwest Federal Credit Union in Herndon, Virginia, delivered $7,124 in coins for deposit. There are a lot of stories like that of people who saved their loose change and how they were surprised at how quickly it built up. There was one man, that I don't know how he carried this, but this man said he had a five-foot-tall Coke bottle that he dumped all of his change into, and in over five years it added up to over $2,500 dollars. I don't know how he carried that in, but he did it. Some people even claim that they've done that and saved up enough for a trip to Disney World. They even saved up enough to take a cruise. Just on spare change. Now, this is something I've never actually experienced myself, but there are people that have actually gone through airport security Now, see, if I'm going to pick up a penny off the ground, I'm surely not going to leave my change at the scanner. But some people have done that. And they're in such a rush, they just leave it sitting there in that little bitty container. Well, a few cents here, a few cents there, and they don't really miss it. According to ABC News, in 2014 there was $674,841.06 that was collected by TSA. Now, TSA claims they tried to find out who left it, but the person's already on the plane, even if they check the videos, it's too late to give them their change back. So they collect it and, of course, keep it. At JFK Airport... They topped the list at about $42,000 that year. LAX was right behind with about 41000 So I'd like to be standing there when they leave the change behind and I collect the change, but that wouldn't happen. Sometimes little things can make a big difference. So this week's Torah portion is called Ekev. There's a number of meanings associated with that title. Last year, I used, the t- I used the meaning because. There can also be as a consequence of, or it can mean therefore. But it can also be translated, just like Jacob's name is, from the same root, as heel, as in the heel of a foot. It could even be footprint. With that meaning in mind, we're going to look at a few verses beginning with the last verse from Vechanan in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 11. Therefore, you are to keep the commandment, both the statutes and the ordinances that I'm commanding you today, to do them. So the first verse from Ekev in verse 12 says, Then it will happen, as a result of your listening to these ordinances, when you keep and do them, that Adonai your God will will keep with you the covenant kindness that he swore to your fathers. Now, the rabbis say that the Torah is actually speaking about doing things for God that a person would normally tread on with his heel. In other words, this verse is instructing us to be careful with the little things when it comes to serving God. Again, sometimes it's the smallest things that matter. And that's true with many areas in our lives. I'm going to give this illustration using marriage as an example. What makes a good marriage? And know a few little things won't fix a problem in your marriage. That's a discussion for another time. You can make an appointment with me and we can talk about that or I can find you a really good marriage counselor. But one of the secrets of good marriages can be the little things that end up making the big differences. One study showed that spouses saying things like, he's always late for our dinner dates when he knows I'm sitting there waiting for him. On a more positive note, she makes me a sandwich every day because she knows that I hate doing that. And she even takes off the crust because she knows I never eat it. See, in most loving relationships, sometimes it's the small things that make the big difference. And it can ultimately have the greatest impact on that relationship, whether it's a negative one or a positive one. I mean, even if you're not married, I'm I'm sure there's someone that has said something negative about you that has really made you feel low. But someone else may have said something very positive about you that lifted you of spirits up. There's, a, there's also surveys that have shown that a few small actions can make a huge impact on almost every man or woman. Researchers came up with what they call the Fantastic Five. And no, the Fantastic Five is not a new superhero movie from Marvel. Okay? But these things can make you a superhero in your relationships. According to the study, when individuals were asked if a particular action made them happy, the numbers of positive responses were surprisingly high for these five specific actions for each gender. Even among couples that had problems, between 65 and 90 percent of all husbands and wives said these actions would deeply Please them. So their conclusion was that you are very likely to make your spouse feel deeply cared for if you make a habit of doing the same five little things consistently. Here are the results of the Fantastic Five. For The Fantastic Five for him, where a wife will have a big impact on her husband's happiness by doing these things. Number one, She notices his effort and sincerely thanks him for it. For example, she could say, Oh, thank you, honey, for mowing the lawn today when it's so hot outside. I know you'd rather not do that, but I appreciate it. Or thank you for playing with the kids when you got home from work, even though I know you were exhausted. That deeply pleased 92% of all men. I'm sorry, 72%. Number two, she says, You really, really great job doing whatever, fill in the blank. This deeply pleased 69% of all men. Number three, mentions in front of others something that he did well. That deeply pleased 72% of all men. She shows that she finds him physically attractive. This deeply pleased 1,000%. No, no, actually. Seriously, 85% of all men said they were deeply pleased in this area. On a side note, what's up with the 15%? If your, if your, if your wife said that you were attractive to her, why isn't it 100%? I don't know. That, that, again, is a discussion for another time, and we can make an appointment to talk to you about that, too. And number five, she makes it clear to him that he makes her happy. As an example, they said, She expresses appreciation for something he did with a smile, with her words, with a big hug, and the list goes on. This deeply pleased 88% of all men. Okay, the the fantastic five for her. See, On his side, a husband will have a big impact on his wife when he does these things. Number one, hold your hand. For example, walking down the sidewalk, sitting in the congregation, sitting at a movie, you name it. This deeply pleases 82% of all women. That part's coming up, okay? Wait, wait for me to get there. Number two, she leave, he leaves her a message by voicemail, email, text during the day just to say he loves her and is thinking about her. This deeply pleased 75% of all women. I don't know about the other 25% of the women there. Number three, okay, Ron, he puts his arm around her. This deeply pleases 74% of all women. Number four, he tells her sincerely, you are beautiful. Again, I don't know why this isn't 100%, but it deeply pleases 76% of all women. Number five, get this one pulls himself out of a funk when he's depressed, grumpy, or upset about something instead of withdrawing. It doesn't mean he doesn't get angry or he doesn't need his space, but what it means is he tries to pull himself out of it. That deeply pleased 72% of all women. Notice that these are very small things. These things, though, will result in happiness or pleasure. They're so small and they're so simple that they can be done by anyone, man or woman. Many of these things that can actually add great value to relationships. So looking at the observance of Torah, why would God care or be pleased about the little things? In Ekev, Heal, That could be trampled on. The Torah is reminding us to be equally diligent with all of God's commands, not less with the ones that may seem to be insignificant or unimportant and could be easily forgotten or even ignored. We need to be cautious thinking about the big mitzvot that should be kept diligently while we overlook the little ones. Little mitzvah, like saying a blessing that is from Deuteronomy, actually, for the provision of the land that brought forth the food. (laughs) This is actually on a video right now, too, you know. Or placing a mezuzah on the doorpost. Or being kind with our words. Or lighting Shabbat candles. Oh, but that's not a commandment in the Torah. But we discussed this in an earlier message that the things that the, the rabbis wrote as misphote are considered just as if they're written. That's why we can light the candles and we can bless God with that blessing. We have a, new, we have a blessing we use in Messianic Judaism. It's a little bit different because, no, he he didn't command us to kindle the lights. But one thing that we do is we do things just like the Jewish community does. Because we want to not be looked at as different in that respect. They light the Shabbat candles. We light Shabbat candles. We may have a slightly different blessing. Or we may use the blessing because... Since the rabbi said it, you can say who has commanded us to light the Sabbath lights. I read one uh, teacher, he actually says he's only a teacher. He does not want to be a pastor. He doesn't want to lead a congregation. He doesn't feel he's called for that. So what he said, he even takes that to the dietary laws. Because he knows there's some dis- discussion as to whether or not we have to keep those today he equates that to the command that God gave Adam in the garden when he told him not to eat the, uh, the fruit he says it would have been better they didn't eat the fruit because God said don't eat it so he says if God said don't eat these foods or these meats that aren't called foods then maybe I shouldn't eat them he says, I, he understands and I understand it's not a salvation issue if you eat pork or shellfish. But I agree with him. If God said don't do something, if it, even if it includes what I eat, what harm is there in me not doing it? So we keep that. Those are some of the little things. In our marriage relationship with God, we find that, and we even make the time For major occasions, like the Moedim, we're coming up on the fall holidays. We'll be observing that. We'll be keeping them. That's the bigger things. But what about those seemingly minor or those heel mitzvot that relate to our everyday lives? Can those little things make a difference? See, the essence of our relationship with God is that every mitzvah that we keep connects us to him. We're not doing these things for each other. We're doing them for him. We're holding his hand. We're putting our arm around him. We're complimenting him. We're blessing him, thanking him. And all those things keep that connection open. Because he is our eternal, spiritual, even supernatural spouse. We are his bride. See, that very word, mitzvah, carries along with us that connection. Because in order to do something, you're connecting with something else. And keeping his mitzvot is that connection with him. And that, make, that can make up all the hundreds of little bitty connections that build our intimacy with him, in our relationship with him. So every mitzvah becomes a connection or a unification between us and God, regardless of any perception of differences between the major mitzvot and the minor ones, the ones you might just step on and keep walking. American author Bruce Barton once said, Sometimes when I consider what tremendous consequences come from the little things, I'm tempted to think there are no little things. That's the way it should be with our relationship with God. Those little things shouldn't be little. They should be important to us, just as important as the big things. Warren Buffett said, I don't look to jump over seven-foot bars. I look around for one-foot bars that I can step over. And Helen Keller once said, I long to accomplish a great and noble task. But it is my chief duty to accomplish small tasks as if they are great and noble. Again, that should be our mindset when we're dealing with whatever God said to do. Yes, there's no way we can keep 613 commandments. Many of them can't be done without a temple. Okay. I have a list, and I believe Armando was working on something with that list too, of all 613 commandments. <laughs> oh, his hard drive crashed. Oh, back to square one. But some of those you can't do. But the ones we can do, what's the harm in it? Some would say, well, we don't have to keep the, all those commandments. Well, yeah, you're right. We may not have to keep all those commandments, but it's not a matter of having to but wanting to, again, it, makes, it connects us with God, who is the author of those commandments. Here's an illustration of this little thing making a big difference idea. Jake and Sarah had been dating for a while. They were sitting on the sofa sipping lemonade. Sarah turned to Jake and asked, Jake, do you think my hair is soft and shiny? Jake answered, yep. Then Sarah asked, Jake, are my eyes bright and beautiful? Jake's reply was, yep. A few minutes later, Sarah continued saying, Jake, do you think my skin is smooth and white like porcelain? Jake answered again, yep. At that, Sarah smiled widely and said, Jake, you say the sweetest little things. You know, in a relationship, sometimes all it takes is a response. Showing that you are listening and paying attention. Now, ladies, I'll give you this. I I know sometimes you want more than just a one syllable, one line answer like that. But the fact that he's listening and he's paying attention to what you actually ask is a little thing. So remember George Shoemaker, who saved over $7,000 from his spare change. What prompted him actually to do this, the story goes, he was at a flea market one time. And one of the vendors asked him, you know, if he saved, did he collect anything? Did he save anything? And George said, no, I don't save things. I don't collect anything. And that's what prompted him to actually start saving coins. He just started taking his pocket change and throwing him into the pickle jars. The credit union president and CEO, Jerry Ann Burks, told ABC News that some may see pocket change as a small or unimportant amount of money. George's experience illustrates how saving small quantities can really add up. So, here's the bottom line. Number one, There's no such thing as an unimportant or insignificant amount of money. Number two, there's no such thing as an unimportant or insignificant gesture of love. Number three, there's no such thing as an unimportant or insignificant mitzvah. It's all relational. It all points to how much you value that relationship. Little things can make a big difference. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we thank you and we bless you for all the little things that you do in our lives. All the little things that add up to big things. We thank you because without those little things, we might forget to give you thanks. Thanks. We pray that we would always remember the source of our wealth, the source of our health, the source of our well-being, the source of keeping our relationships healthy, that you are that source. You are always there. All we have to do is call upon you. We pray that you would touch each and every person in here tonight, today, and we pray that you, Lord God, would show them what's important to them and to you. Those that, are in, those that are in marriage relationships, we pray that you would strengthen those relationships, that you would remind the husband and the wife to show those little signs of love to their spouse. Those that are seeking relationship, that may be dating, pray that you would also touch them and show them and teach them the right things to say and how to say them in love and with respect. Fostering a loving relationship. Lord, you are God overall. As Steve said earlier during the worship set, there's none that can match you. There's no God like you. You are The awesome God. You are the source of our strength. You are the one that helps us overcome our weaknesses. Thank you, Lord. In Yeshua's name.